0: Welcome back to Don't Caught A Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. This is our first episode on The Lost War. But, as is tradition, gotta start off with a with a little bit of a warm-up.
1: Yeah, first, Two I ga- I gotta do a quick retraction. I gotta do a quick retraction from last week. I was complaining about my grocery store last week, which we love to do on the show. Mm-hmm. But I was talking about... I think I want to make this specific about the chocolate. The thing I said about the (laughs) chocolate. And that's that, like, apparently a lot of that, like, super cheap chocolate that you can buy is produced in, like, pretty terrible, pretty terrible ways. So, like, I'm going to take that back about the chocolate. Like, I think it's, I think it's fine that you, that the grocery store I go to only has sort of fancy chocolate because it's probably way more ethical to buy that chocolate. So, like point retracted about the chocolate i'm standing by the point about the the cookie dough because (laughs) it was it they made it gluten-free for no reason but the chocolate thing fair fair enough fresh time i think that the
0: (laughs) i think that the overall point stands
1: uh yes i'm standing by the my overall story my journalism i'm standing by but i am making this small retraction about the chocolate
0: okay I think that that's I think that that's fair. If you don't know what Dan's talking about, our, a classic segment from last episode that we're, I'm going to kind of stick with because this is going to be a rant that is it's not really an everyday occurrence, but I think it's going to be somewhat relatable. So I, I was mentioning to this to you offline, but but not this specifically got invited to a wedding recently. Pretty exciting been to a few weddings, not a ton, and <sighs> wedding registries. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What are we doing here? Mm-hmm. Because I, I can follow the original idea behind wedding registries.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, in the, in the past days, right, the long, long ago... When people got married, like out of high school and were like, you know, just bought their own house with their high school wages. And uh, people were like, here's the things that you need to start a life together. Right. Sure.
1: It was like a and- moving in present. They gave you all the right. stuff you needed to move into a house, like a toaster and a blender and a microwave and all that stuff. Right. Right. And I think that gift giving is good.
0: Like in wow. general, bold stance. I think I think that like I'm not complaining about the idea of giving someone a gift yes. for their wedding. That's yes. not this. I do not want to give a couple that is like mid to high to late 20s like silverware. Mm. Or like generic kitchen items that they're mm-hmm. putting on their wedding registry. It's like, Mm -hmm. do you not already have this? I know that you already have, like, uh... You have a mixing bowl. I know you have a mixing bowl. I'm not getting you an ice cube tray. This is ridiculous.
1: Interesting. Okay. And
0: I don't know why we're still doing these types of things in our wedding registry. Like, Mm. it should be, here, uh, you can get us this gift card... I know Dan hates gift cards, but this is a nice them. idea, I think. It's a, it's a prepaid, like, Visa card. We'll use it for our dinner for our third night of our honeymoon. I think that that would be nice. Ooh. Ooh.
1: I just don't
0: think that, like, just, like, normal things around the house is a good wedding gift. Yes. But that's, like, all it is.
1: Luke, yes. Okay. First. First, 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 I want to stick with the current form of the wedding registry as it is and then i want to move on to this new innovation that you have just you have just created which i think is outstanding but first i actually also don't like wedding registries but i think you're doing it all wrong like you're complaining about it in the wrong way because when i whenever i'm like invited to a wedding and i like think that i'm gonna give them a gift uh you know some weddings you don't give a gift you're like "Eh, you're not that cool like we're not that tight (laughs) It's nice you invited sure. me, but like, come on. Uh, but if I'm going to give a gift, I am like on the registry day one that that thing goes live because I'm finding the thing that I want, like I'm, I've i set, like I'm going to give them like, hey, maybe like 20 bucks, something that's like 20 bucks. Totally fine. Get them that gift. Mm-hmm. And then I get to pick. I get my my choice out of all the things. And I get to say, yeah, that that cheese grater, that's the one that they're going to remember <laughs> me by. $20. There you go because then if you don't do it quick I, my my only tip here is if you're going to do that you got to go quick get on the registry as quick as you can to snap up the thing that you want to give them right right because then up, all the good things are taken all the good things get taken and you're left with either like napkin rings which are like five dollars and you're going to get them like a thousand of them and that you're like ah that feels kind of cheap i don't know or like a kitchen aid mixer thing that's like three hundred dollars that nobody is going to get them but their parents or somebody in their family. And you're like, I don't, that's too much, y'all. So like, get on it quick. But I need, we need to move on from this because you're right. It's wild. It's incredibly outdated. And I'm sure it's just like perpetuated by like home goods stores who are like, here's how you do it. Like, it's so easy. Just set it up on this website and you can do it. Wrong. That's the wrong way to do it for the modern marriage, I think. Because I think the modern marriage is built on two people who already have a lot of the stuff to put together to make a house. I think in a lot of cases they've got twice as much stuff. They've got they've each got their own stuff. We don't exactly. need to give them a third. Okay. So what you do is you like the honeymoon. You fund the honeymoon through what people would be giving you for a wedding registry. And so you're right. like exactly. You're like you could even make it so freaking general you could be like we're going to this place where right now based on our budget we're planning on staying for like two weeks look up something to do there that you think would be fun and like hook us up with that and Mm -hmm. then the budget the budget for that is anything you could be like i think this hike to a waterfall in the forest looks beautiful and I think this is what I'm giving to you, this, like, tour or this, like, trail. Go hike along this trail. I think it looks really nice. Okay, okay. I, I, I want to – first off, I I think that the general idea of what you're saying
0: is good. I think in execution, I don't want people going to my wedding planning my honeymoon for me. So okay, like this is
1: – yes, fair enough.
0: <laughs> so, like, I would put the things that I want to do and they can fund that.
1: hmm Yes, you know yes, I mean? yes, like, yes, 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 yes. Hey,
0: I would like to go snorkeling. I'm probably not going to unless you unless you give me the tickets as a gift.
1: Okay. Yes. That's what it is. You put a wish list of things you want to do on your honeymoon. And those things can be fairly general, right? Like snorkeling. Right. And you, it could either be that you provide a location for where it would be great to go snorkeling if you don't really have a lot of cash to throw around.
0: Mm-hmm. Or
1: you're like, here's an outfitter and I've called them and scheduled, like, you've I've taken care of the rental, so... Enjoy. This is phenomenal. First of all, first of all, all gifts should be
0: experiences, not things. That's Uh, my potentially hot take. Um,
1: But (laughs) I don't know about all gifts, but I think a majority. I agree.
0: Yes. (laughs) And I think it's just nice. I think that this is perfect for this is what wedding gifts should be.
1: Okay. Mm hmm.
0: Events that you do during the honeymoon because then the thank you net thank you letter is way better instead of like hey thanks for the uh napkin rings we're totally going to use them all the time it can be like hey uh thanks for funding my uh bungee jumping experience it was totally sweet when I thought I was going to die I thought of you
1: right and so there's a story that goes with it here's a cool picture of of me Uh and my spouse at this thing, having so much fun together, we're going to remember this for our whole lives. And it's thanks to you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Incredible, Luke. Fixed. Totally fixed. Okay, now here's the problem. Here's why this is not (laughs) going to get implemented. Because there is no like company that is going to just set up an easy website to do this. Like, here's here's what we do, Luke. Okay? Here's the listeners, the 10 of you who are out there, (laughs) one of you is going to be, is going to be profiting immensely off of this because here's what you need to do. You set up a travel agency that takes care of like all of the details for you. Like, I feel like travel agencies are kind of an outdated thing right now, but there's this huge Mm -hmm. opportunity for them to become super relevant with people getting married is you just are like... Instead of registering with like Crate and Barrel or like Target or wherever, Bass Pro Shop, you register with a travel agency and you're like, this is my trip. This is the things I want to do. They find all the prices, figure out all that mm-hmm. stuff and are just like, here it is. If you want to pay for this, it's really easy. You just say, Yep, yeah, that's me. And you, you pay it off right there. Come on. Yep yep go for it listener that's that's all you but there's more than 10 of you guys i don't know (laughs)
0: why let's see it you don't even have to you don't even have to give me and dan money maybe just a little maybe just a little acknowledgement on the about us page of your website that's all we need
1: go for it yeah that'd be really cool that'd be really cool oh man this is such a great idea luke i'm so glad you brought this up because i'm so excited now (laughs)
0: Okay, now that we've gotten there, let's talk about the lost War, which is the actual point of this episode we have read up to chapter 17.
1: Mm-hmm. That's
0: where we stopped. This book kind of reminds me of what's the book that we that was super bleak with all the demons
1: Vagrant the vagrant the vagrant.
0: It reminds Ooh. me a little bit of The Vagrant, but in a much more positive way.
1: Yes. Where it's like The Vagrant, but there's a chance. This is so right to me. This feels like such an apt comparison because The Vagrant feels like what would happen in this world if the bad guy who they locked up, they didn't get locked up and things just kept mm-hmm. getting worse. But yeah, right now, things don't seem very good at all. Like there's not a lot of hope in this in this situation. Uh but there's a chance. There's it a chance. Feels like there's a chance. So I totally agree. I'm getting I'm getting big vagrant vibes. Especially the like demon kind of stuff. The very vagranty. The other vibes that I'm getting that are just super frustrating we just came off of broken earth where people hate origins that have these cool powers and are able to accomplish so much. And as a result, they're like outcasts in society when we should be uplifting these people because Mm -hmm. they're so helpful and useful and same deal here with the droidas or drowdas. These people can do magic. These people can do magic and we're like shunning them. Sure, some of them are evil and bad. That's, but like, some dudes are just like bad. Like, we deal with them. What do we do? Just be like, hey, cool magic guy. I have my cat right. stuck in a tree. I could use a little help. Thank you so yeah. much for using your cool powers to help me. That's really appreciated. Totally. Here's, here's the thing that's, it's said, I think,
0: in this book, when they're talking about the, the the young daughter, like having her powers. And one of them is like, oh, you know, maybe you can. That sounds like powers that you can't really hurt people with. And then our main character is like, you'd be surprised. Something something along those lines. Yes. With all of these magic, like abilities, I feel like there's there's good things that you can do with them. And there's bad things that you can do with them. And here's the thing. Like, if you're just a dick to all of them, and like, you freaking suck, probably going to use it for bad. Right. Probably going to, like, use it for violent purposes. Maybe right. if you're like, hey, man, you're great. Or or I forget the daughter's name. Hey, this is super cool. Would love for you to develop this skill and make everyone's life better. Then then we're on the right path.
1: Right. You have to set up an environment for them to flourish. And to not be just emotionally stunted because society is constantly telling them that they're terrible. Like, what What? are... I, it's just so frustrating. And, like, I get it. I get the thing that it's saying about how people don't like people who have power. And there's, like, this stigma against people who are, like, different. I get that that's the message. It's just frustrating that, like, people are like that. A... In our world, because that's clearly, like, a common theme that we've seen. And B, just like, in this world, this sounds so cool. They have magic. Ah! It it does sound really cool. Even the ones that are, like, terrible. Like, even the guy who can summon demons. Like, if it was channeled in a positive way, wouldn't be an issue at all. Like, they're mindless, and they only do what they're their caster has kind of told them to do set a demon up on a plow that whole field's done in an afternoon right incredible work <laughs> rather now you got demons burning down fields yeah randomly demons in the don't countryside have to be bad. no right. like sure they demons look. are a tool <laughs> they're a I've tool always said this we need to use demons okay we need to use them to boost our economy clearly
0: Maybe, yeah give them you can reward the demons too they probably want something like hey i have summoned you to have to do the plow but you can also uh i don't know what a demon would want you can't eat this child or anything but like here's a high five what
1: yeah hopefully the demons don't just care about like blood and murder because it could be i could see a situation where it's potentially hard to pay a demon right like if all a demon cares about is blood like there's gonna be a certain point where you have to say look i did summon you and i do need you to do this job i get that you want in payment like the blood of the innocent to take a shower in i can't give you that so let's find a compromise here Right. Just have a at least have a conversation. We need a negotiation. Yeah, exactly. Open up a dialogue with the demon. <laughs> right. They totally seem like they would be able to have a dialogue. Yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. I
0: think so. I think so.
1: I will say the negatives about this
0: world are are crystallized in in one moment for me, a very small one. Kind of an unfair test when our soldier guy first meets the young blacksmith and he's like he's not ready and they're having a conversation and then he just like swings his sword at him during the conversation is like see didn't react quick enough what <laughs> what are you doing you psycho <laughs> that is not hey that's not a fair test <laughs> it doesn't prove anything like <laughs> B, would be very rude i would say
1: Yeah, I didn't like Glorbad was very confusing to me because at (laughs) first it sounds like he is the like like pinnacle of charisma. When we first meet him in the bar, he's like got everybody laughing. The beer's flowing. They're all chilling. And he seems to just like be in command. Everybody is just like so excited to be there. He gets out of that bar and is teamed up with our boy Aranok. And suddenly, is a huge dick to everybody. Mm, mm-hmm. It seems like there is maybe some beef that he has with Aranok, like that he doesn't really like his deal. But like, control it a little bit. Like Vastin's just a like a kid, and he's going on an adventure. And like, wh- you're gonna swing your sword at him completely unwarranted to try and get him kicked out of the band. Rude, incredibly rude,
0: it's, and irresponsible.
1: What right, happened exactly. to the charisma that we saw earlier? Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's, it's just a little like wild the switch that happened. It seems like something serious is going on with Glorbad in this, in this group that he's not really liking.
0: Right, he does. He does have, and he like switches back and forth. So he like also later. Is is
1: chatting with Fasten and is just a delight? Mm-hmm. Mm hmm. Maybe and then Maybe we're identifying that it's just around Arunach that he is yeah. being kind of a dick. Like he's challenging all of his decisions. He's like Yeah, he's got some serious beef with Arunach. And like maybe maybe we learn what that is. We already had a little bit of a discussion about it with him in Nerea, I think. Nerea? Mm-hmm. I've been going Nerea. I think Neria's better. But, you know, I, I imagine he's got some some prejudice here that we're experiencing. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm excited for him to get over it.
0: A little, little journey. Yeah. little emotional journey.
1: <laughs> I'm excited for him and Arnok to be just the best of Rose. Luke, are we missing out on four poster beds? In this world, Arnok and Alondra are in the, like, sort of capital. They're staying in, like, a, near the king. And the room that they stay in has a luxurious four-poster bed. Never in my life have I experienced a four-poster bed. But they always seem to be the pinnacle of luxury in a lot of, like, they... fantasy.
0: Yeah they do
1: and like i'm sitting in 2021 i'm in the future and yet we don't we aren't rocking the four poster beds too often let me just say for a
0: very long time that i don't want to say how long i did not know what the four poster bed meant <sighs> luke do you, do you know what it is now i I know what it is now. Tell me what it is now. I realize that it's in the name where like, oh no. Yeah. Tell me what it is, Luke. Okay. Okay. What I, what I have in my mind's eye, right, is the bed with the four posts on the corner that go all the way up Uh and then you have like a little roof.
1: Oh boy. You're, you're thinking it's about a roof.
0: What's Okay. Am I picturing (laughs) it correctly?
1: What is a four-poster bed? <laughs> oh, Okay, you're you're actually almost there, but it's not about the roof at all, I don't think. Is it because the roof allows you to hang things, like, Yay. and
0: close off your space? It gives you
1: side curtains. It gives you curtains yeah, all the okay. way around,
0: right? Okay, so, so I, I have the idea of what it is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, for a very long time, just did not even have that.
1: Okay, so this is a new concept for Luke, but for Dan... I have considered a four-poster bed the pinnacle of luxury for a long time, mm-hmm. and yet, don't have one. Don't know anyone that has one. Never seen one in person. Right outside so, of like visiting a castle in Scotland, where like the the duke or whatever had a four-poster bed. Right. Here's
0: here's the thing: you need an enormous bedroom, right?
1: Luke, I don't think you really do. This is kind of my point here. Okay, okay, okay,
0: okay. Hang on, though. Because I feel like, sure, they don't take up, like, as much space as you would think, like, Mm -hmm. technically, but, like...
1: Ooh, visually, that's a lot of space. Visually, it's a very
0: cramped space if you have a normal-sized bedroom. That's a good point. Sure, maybe still you have enough walking area, Mm -hmm. but, like, I'm gonna get anxiety because... It's my room is now claustrophobic. Unless I have just an outrageously sized bedroom. And like I'm never gonna waste mm-hmm. my house's space on an
1: outrageously sized bedroom. Right, you want kitchen That's space going to my kitchen. Kitchen space for sure. Yeah. yeah, no question. I think that this is a fair point. So here's the compromise that I want to make. Four poster bed. Collapsible posts. Ooh. Because okay. because I think the, the reason you get a four poster bed. Is when you're in the bed, you make like a pillow fort out of the curtains. It's just like you curtain up and you're in like your own little cozy curtain zone. Mm. That sounds so nice. So you really only care about it from the inside, from my perspective. And then in the morning, you pull the curtains, you draw the curtains to the sides, you put the posts down, and then it's just bed. It's just bed. But you get the option to get in cozy fort town. You and know those you know those super fancy like
0: TVs that like rise up out of the floor?
1: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: That's what we that's what you need.
1: Right. I think that would be very cool. This product probably exists. I've just never considered it before as an option mm-hmm. for me and my bed mm-hmm. experience. But I am now. This book reminded me of the potential luxury i'm missing out on the other thing about this which i think is incredibly important and a very modern problem that this solves is a lot of people buy blackout curtains for their windows so you can you don't have to like wake up when the sun gets up if it if the sun's shining in your window but four poster bed blackout curtains built in
0: oh that'd be intense
1: it'd be very blackout intense curtains for the four poster for the four poster and then it would be it would be like i think significantly quieter in there too So if you're like, Mm -hmm. you could be living on the roof of a house with like 10 other people. And I imagine you're going to be just sleeping
0: like a baby. Yeah. You got to get a little reading light in there.
1: You kidding me? Maybe you put up some like, some like string lights on the inside that are on a little some of those, some of those starry glow stars. Okay. okay. sure. No question. You're getting glow stars. Like absolutely no question. (laughs) Of course. Of course.
0: Oh, I, I think this i'm sounds great
1: i think i'm gonna go for poster bed like i think i'm by, i I'm will making say, a purchase i think that you need to
0: get different sets of curtains for like different moods
1: mm, that because seems you're like a lot always of always gonna
0: want to black out maybe you want maybe you're you're uh want to be in a wonderland oh nights. like it's
1: got a scene on it yeah like it's got a scene of king arthur and the knights of camelot and so they can wish you a a good night as you're falling asleep i just think i just
0: think that if you if you're gonna go all the way you need to change it up every now and then right
1: right maybe you get a different waifu on every curtain (laughs) of course for your harem
0: (laughs) okay yeah okay (laughs) i can't believe how much time we can spend on that um love that very good very good point that i don't really remember what you made to begin with but we're missing out on four poster beds let's move on we're missing out on four poster beds that's very true um i want to change the subject a little bit (laughs) okay that's odd but sure vastin he's like he's really he's like what 15 or something something like that and so there's some parts in there that I think are are correct for him, where he's, like, doesn't really... He's really into um, the White Knight. Samily. But he... (laughs) Samily, but doesn't, like, want her to know, right? Mm -hmm. Very 15-year-old thing to do.
1: Oh, yeah, I thought that was perfect. I thought that was so spot on.
0: But come on, buddy, you play it a little cooler.
1: (laughs) Um... I don't know, Luke, because imagine the society this guy grew up in. He's not going to high school where he's got other people to be like, hey, look, man, if you like a girl, you got to pretend like you don't. That's how you play it. Cool. My guy. He's he grew up with like his dad hammering on swords. They didn't talk about girls that much, probably. And like. He also, in the society, he was probably just going to be married off or like have a kind of an arranged deal with someone. And so they probably, I don't think they were really like doing this kind of thought about how to, how to do this or the right 15 year old way. As we would, as we as experienced past 15 year olds, Luke and Dan know in our hearts, how to engage with a girl that you're interested in at 15. (laughs)
0: Right was very good at it, mm-hmm. um, that's mm-hmm. fair. I'm not like I get it, and I'm not saying he's necessarily doing anything like that I wouldn't expect mm-hmm. a fifteen year old in this book to do, but I'm still gonna say like come on buddy, hey, yeah well. it's i th- I think that the the people that are talking to him that are like, hey, you can't, she's not going to like it or she's not going to like you. Yeah. You could soften the blow by like giving him some tips on
1: how to play it cool and then like win-win. This is key. This is, I think, a missed opportunity from Glorbad to be like, hey mm-hmm. man, I, I can tell you're into Samily over there. Uh, here's how you, here's how you uh, talk to a lady. If that you're interested in, here's some tips for how to, how to go about this. Not just like, Hey buddy, it's not going to work out. Uh, (laughs) Don't worry about it. There's some other, other chicks out there, but uh, not this one, not that one. (laughs) Vaston.
0: Maybe be like, do normal things, (laughs) you know? Because now like what the thing that you told him is not going to, like, change behavior in any way, I don't think. No.
1: Especially because, like, clearly Vastin doesn't want to have the conversation every time they want to have the conversation with him, which I, like, also felt deep in my 15-year-old boy stomach of, like, my mom or my dad being like, hey, so that girl. (laughs) And me instantly being like, God, I hope they don't say anything more than that. Even this is terrible. Please stop. Right. Um, so, like, you know, Vastin is, like, not excited about the conversational journey you're taking him on. So maybe you take a left turn out of Awkward Valley and you say, let's go to Cool Town. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be the cool uncle and be like, hey, she's pretty hot. Let's talk about how to talk to a hot girl. Vastin. Granted, like cool uncle saying that now in it probably is a little a little weird for a cool uncle to be talking about a hot 15 year old but um (laughs) she's 20 in this book uh but no um yeah point is let's let's
0: uh i don't know
1: let's take a detour out of awkward valley guys we should know how to do this Glorb, glorbat especially come on have a have a fatherly conversation that's that's not uncomfortable. That's cool. That's cool, please. Very cool. The other thing about Vastin that I find is very interesting is Aranoch's de- decision to bring Vastin the blacksmith is only slightly less ridiculous than bringing along, I don't know, say, a gardener on a big quest. Mm. Like, I... I There are some things that I guess Vastin can do as a blacksmith, but like, he's not bringing an anvil with you or a forge or his blacksmithing hammers. So how are his skills as a blacksmith actually helping you that much?
0: Right. Blacksmithing, I don't have a ton of experience, but blacksmithing doesn't seem like a like small group on the road kind of skill.
1: It seems like a reason all their equipment is big, heavy, and it stays in the center of town. Yeah, exactly. I think that
0: this is, this is kind of a broader point that a lot of these groups that we read about in, in fantasy books don't necessarily need to have people that are good for combat specific skills Mm
1: -hmm.
0: i mean i think a lot of a lot of books do this but like give me a cook give me a morale guy
1: which should be glorbat all things considered
0: (laughs) i just think that there are other skills that we should be rewarding on these little on these little
1: adventures yes yes i totally agree and i think somewhere i'm going to give a little bit of props to is the The Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson, Mm -hmm. that crew, our bridge crew, had had some varied experiences, right? We had a cook. Oh, yeah. We had a bard kind of character. We had like people that weren't all just good at fighting. And I think that that really rounded out the party very well. And I think a blacksmith is maybe, maybe pretty low on the list. Mm -hmm. Like, I think a cook is pretty high on the list. Mm hmm. Like, anybody can clean armor. Everybody seems to know how to clean armor. Granted, Vastin can do it great. I'm not criticizing Vastin here. I'm just saying, claiming that, like, he's a blacksmith, which is the reason you should bring him, is wild. It's wild to me.
0: Right. Yeah. We we need, we need a well-rounded group, and, and blacksmithing isn't really the path towards that. I would agree. Mm-hmm. I want to bring us to um, the new town that we're in that with, with Aranach's parents and the whole scene with the messenger and the, and the murder. Mm -hmm. The main thing that I want to say about this part is the town guard. We get a bunch of comments about them or, or the, the, the leader of them, being like pretty competent Mm -hmm. and sure. Maybe Luke's not. He also seems a little bit casual about investigating this murder because like they're asking the barman and they're like, Hey man, can you like give us a description? Maybe sit with the, the guy so that we can draw out what this guy looks like and find him. And barman's like, I mean, sure, but I got to not now. I got to clean up.
1: I got to clean up this body gunk. There's a lot of body gunk on the floor. It's going to (laughs) smell.
0: And and It's like, okay, yeah, we'll do it later. What? This is a murderer (laughs) that just murdered someone. Let's get a description (laughs) out pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, but, you know, things just move a little bit slower in this. Get
0: someone else. Get. You got to have back. There's another town guard. They can like hey, mop up the the lady that it's just throw up that they're cleaning up. the lady was poisoned and threw up. you don't like the barman is very important right now,
1: right, right, but like the barman has a specially trained set of skills, and mm-hmm. he knows how to to do it it just it wouldn't be right if if a guard came in and did it uh here's the here's the other thing you can you can uh explain what a person looks like while you're cleaning up. Yeah, this is very true. Also, I imagine they don't have a caricature artist at the ready, like he's down at the boardwalk. You're going to have to call him up to the bar. In the meantime, how long does it take to clean up? Puke. Right. Like, I imagine we could do this all we could do this all tonight, get posters up in the morning. The problem is, and I think maybe the reason why they don't really they're not really hopping to it is because I don't think they really anticipate catching this person the vibe I'm getting is they're like this seems like a professional job and while I'm a good town guard I I imagine the person that did this is either dead already or gone and never ever coming Hmm. back and so I, I think there might be a sense of, like, there's the odds of us finding this person are so low. Okay. I do That's- think they're being very cavalier. I agree 100%. They're being very chill about the whole situation. And they're not really questioning the story that was presented to them right away. I get that the envoy to the king is there and, like, whatever he says you're going to go with. But the the story that you're going with is that Alondra saw somebody leave and they looked guilty. So mm. they must have poisoned the messenger. Meanwhile, the barkeeper who is handling everyone's drinks is like, oh yeah, I did see that that really guilty looking guy run out of here. He sat right there staring at her all night. Uh, so <laughs> I, I think that's definitely your man and do not look under the bar because that's where I keep all my poison. <laughs>
0: this is this is very this is on point very true it's uh especially when you consider that they don't really know alandria
1: <laughs> she's just the bodyguard of the king's envoy
0: she's like hey i i have a pretty good judge of uh, of
1: guilty looks literally that's all looks. she saw <laughs>
0: Also, this place is, like, known for having people that want privacy
1: and are probably, like, up to no good in some way. And she even had that as her first thought when the guy walked out is, like, oh, he's probably trying to hide something from his wife, like, gambling or a mistress. That's probably why he looks guilty. And then she finds out a murder happened and she's like, oh, wait, no. Forget what I was saying earlier. He did the murder. I, I actually now think that we're stumbling into
0: a theory that it genuinely was the barman (laughs) like i know we were joking about that but i kind of believe it now Ooh! because this is why he's he's uh well okay let me back up for a second Mm -hmm. we do not at all have
1: evidence (laughs) no because there's so little evidence this is our point is like there's so little evidence of what happened it's all hearsay and the barman being like that person also looks suspicious the total number of witnesses we have are like zero to the actual poisoning and like two that saw a dude that looked sketchy
0: right and then and the and the idea was like oh he was sitting in this way and he probably could pass her table and drop something into her drink which like not very observant of this lady i'm gonna say (laughs) i i'm sorry for that uh that's probably rude to talk about the deceased in that way, but I think it's the barman.
1: I think it's much more likely it's the barman. Yeah, especially if you consider that this job seems to be profesh. If this is a professional assassination of a king's messenger. Like, sure, maybe the barman has been working there for a very long time, but Maybe they're threatening his family if he doesn't do this thing for them. Maybe they've paid him off with a bunch of money if he doesn't do this thing. Maybe they told him the truth about what's going on outside. And they're like, listen, if you don't do this thing, we're going to raise the whole town and everyone in it is going to die. So you have to do Mm -hmm. this. Like so many options for why the barman could have done this. And we're just taking his word. I, I also want to say, we've we've talked about how this
0: seems like to be a professional job. I I don't know. I mean, this guy, like, if it was the dude that everyone thinks it is, I don't think it was very smooth.
1: Right, the guilty look. If, if the guilty look when you left the building was enough to give you away as the killer, you're not a very good killer.
0: <laughs> right, like, if you're sitting in broad, well, not broad daylight, but like in the middle of the bar... And staring at your target as soon as you leave (laughs) i i don't know that's a good point i think this guy this guy is gonna like get arrested the next day and be like hey man why were you looking so guilty it's like i i stole a piece of bread i feel bad about it i
1: don't know i tipped five percent instead of 15
0: yeah a low tip i would feel terrible
1: but the service wasn't actually that good but i still felt bad (laughs)
0: now i'm accused of murder i think that that's it
1: yeah i the more we talk about this the more convinced i am that the barman actually did this murder Mm -hmm. and i think there's more it's more likely that than guilty looking scrawny man number one walking (laughs) out of the bar like we're profiling yeah i feel like this guy was just like
0: not a very good looking guy and that's and like
1: it's not a good enough reason. It's a terrible reason. It's a terrible reason and I'm disappointed in the whole society for not really pursuing justice to its full degree. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm glad we got there.
1: That's kind of
0: I was expecting us to. No, get, me, but...
1: me neither. I think, I think this town is a very interesting way of comparing the situation. Like, I'm very glad we showed up here. With Arnok and Elandria, because there's so many like bad things happening outside that when you get inside and things are like pretty good, the contrast is extremely stark. Like, let's just talk about the things that are happening out in the world outside of this little bubble, right? The Blackened are like super zombies because they just mm-hmm. have to touch you and you get infected. Like, no biting you, they just touch you and now you're a blackened terrifying that's a terrifying thing that's happening out in the world then you know how bad things are when they go into this burnt out inn and they walk inside and there's like moldy vomit and like terrible smells and aradak's like oh nice we could totally stay here tonight (laughs) yeah that is the choice that you went with of a place to stay for the night is this terrible smelling rundown, burned out inn where your friends were probably murdered. People you knew who ran this bar were probably murdered here. And you're like, Oh cool. It's a good structure. It's got good bones. Yeah. That's, that's a weird, that's a bad choice. It's a, it's a, it's a, it just says so much about how terrible things are that they're like, Oh good. We've got four walls. That's enough. Uh, and then, like the the farmer, they like clear out this demon, and Arnoch is desperately trying to pay this farmer, so that for like staying there, because he he just kind of wants to help this guy, I think. And the farmer's like, Nah, I'd, I really don't want to. Like, I don't want to take your money, and he totally needs it, but he's got this like pride about it. And then let's let's switch into the town where we are now, where. There's like so much money. People are so wealthy. They're talking about maybe they should give more than their taxes because they need help outside. They don't have any news about bad things going on. And it's expected that you overpay for drinks at the canny man where are not goes. Like just like clear opposite of what is happening right. outside. It's like a fantasy world within a fantasy world. This little town. It's like Disneyland. It's like walking into Disneyland and being like, you know, there's like garbage all over the place just outside, right? <laughs> I, so there's,
0: there's two wild things that I want to address. N- number one, that you just said, what <laughs> the idea of overpaying is incredible. <laughs> I mean, because it's, it's not like tipping, it's like there's a price and you're going to just be like, I'm going to pay more than the price to be cool. That's a a great like little propaganda move that 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 restaurant or bar came up with. The other thing, the strategy that they're like, people are they're going to lie to these people telling them that it's great outside for the purpose of like, now they're not going to go outside. Was that weird to you? Um, Okay. I mean, I I think that this goes to your point where like this place is just like crushing it. Where like if things were bad outside, maybe they would want to help. But since things are fine outside, they're like still so happy with their city that they're like, I mean, sure, it's great outside, but it's not as good as in here. So let's stay.
1: (laughs) Um, Yes, I think there's two options for why that telling them it's great and everything's fine would keep them there the first is like maybe people would flee maybe people would try and just leave if they knew it was kind of falling apart and go live somewhere else and the second kind of point is that like they've they've set up a kind of scary thing just outside right they've set up they've told them that the blackened are out and about so they've they've figured out how to keep them like from leaving just like out for fun and walking around and why no one else is coming in. So I think that's like kind of already been accomplished by saying it's like a little bad outside, Mm -hmm. but at the same time you don't have like a mass exodus of people because the whole government is about to collapse.
0: I think, I think I like the theory that it's just someone trying to collect on the tax money because great scam
1: this is such a weird scam though like but if it works <laughs> pretty so, so this just to be clear what the scam is what what we're saying is the local tax collector for this town is in on it with the messenger and they're like hey messenger tell them everything's cool so they keep giving me taxes and I can keep I can keep it instead of sending it back to the king. This is right, the scam, Right. Yeah. But
0: also but keep in mind that the king thinks that the city is like
1: overrun. Overrun. With, yeah.
0: So yeah. the king's not expecting taxes.
1: I mean, it's going to fall <laughs> apart eventually. Someone's going to find out eventually. But by that time, but you only
0: need it to work once. Right.
1: Oh, this is so it's true. A lot of money for one tax collector. That's a lot of money.
0: that's gonna buy a lot of mimosas
1: that's so true that's a fair point i do think and and clearly this is hinted at when the king is talking to arunach clearly the king is doing something not cool and i think the king is the one the king is the one collecting taxes from them but i also think the king is the one that is sending this message Because there's something going on. Like, the king has this guilty conscience that he's talking to Arnok about, about how he did terrible things. And he's really like, trust me, in the long run, this will be good. But man, this is terrible. And all this stuff. And Arnok's like, it can't be the king. King wouldn't lie to me. Like, yeah. the king feels bad about something. And I get he told you you don't need to know about it. But... Also, like you know about it, maybe don't, don't...
0: Aronach has a lot of confidence in his relationship with the king.
1: <laughs> An incredible amount of confidence, and i I get it. They seem to be good buds but but on the day that Luke crowns himself emperor, I'm not going to be like, "Oh yeah, I can still do whatever I want." On, on whenever I want it, even if Luke tells me to do something,
0: right? Sure, you're Luke. gonna have you're gonna have some leeway here and there, sure, but like not completely. I'm gonna rule with an
1: iron fist. Here. Exactly, exactly, and I would expect Arnoch to know what those limits are. So maybe he does, but uh, maybe he doesn't. Real quick aside. Luke, they're on this this march after they lost their horses. Glorbad's having a really rough time, but not so rough of a time that he stops sipping on that flask. Mm. Is this the exact opposite of the move that we should be going for at this time? Like, this sounds miserable to just be sipping on whiskey while I'm on a hike with a huge backpack. And I'm like clearly yeah, oh, already struggling,
0: right? For sure. I mean, this is the case with a lot of fantasy books, where it's like a lot of drinking in times that I would want to do the opposite.
1: That I'm like hydrating. I'm like, give me a Camelback because I I need to hydrate. I'm sweating right. so much. I'm gonna I'm gonna getting right. severely dehydrated. I'm getting a headache. Meanwhile, Glorbad's over here pounding down shots. And it's like you no, you do need water though. Like, and you're gonna need more water, in fact.
0: Right, that's gonna dehydrate you even more, actually. Yeah, I. This is the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Quick story time. I was hungover badly after like two drinks this past weekend, and like, if I'm gonna go on a backpacking trip. That I'm expecting to be super dangerous. I'm going to like, I'm not going to drink for like two months before that because I'm not risking anything.
1: Right. You want your body to be in peak physical form. And it's like common knowledge for like all of human history. When you're drunk, you're like not peak at all.
0: Right. You're, you're not peak during or after. (laughs)
1: It it makes the whole thing worse. You're providing yourself a reason to complain. Like stop I don't care if you're tired now, Glorbad.
0: You've you had like five shots. That's on you. I've been doing I've been doing cocaine and feel great. I feel upstairs. You, you should have chosen cocaine
1: instead of whiskey. That's on you. <laughs> That's on you. Meanwhile, Alondra's chugging a four loco and she's gonna have a great time. <laughs> get it
0: you can drink alcohol as long as it's with an energy drink (laughs) love that
1: okay last thing last mystery i want to talk about Mm. the group is walking down the road on their way to their destination when in the distance sitting up against a tree what do they see it's a pile of armor it's a pile of armor no sign of a body. It looks perfectly clean and it's been placed somewhat carefully. And they're like something must have killed a thorn. They would never, never have left their armor. Um okay, y'all. Do they bathe? Have has a white thorn ever taken a bath in a stream next to the road? Hmm. You stood there for like 10 minutes and are like, yeah, must have died. Well, time to go. You didn't call out right. at all like, anybody out there? Big guy? Hey, big fella? It's it's weird to assume that
0: it was something super negative, I think.
1: Yes. I get the fact that their like, armor is very important to them. And they they wouldn't just abandon it. I think that's fine. But there are also plenty of explanations where they didn't abandon their armor okay maybe our white thorn i'm assuming it's a man found some hot person and they're out doing it in the woods just like 30 yards Mm -hmm. away could be like because i will say it doesn't seem like there is a strict chastity requirement for the knights
0: correct so, i don't think so
1: so it seems like maybe he's just getting some like i imagine they don't wear their armor for that
0: i mean the, like the assumption here is that the white thorns have to be wearing their armor at all times mm-hmm. which i seems unreasonable
1: mm-hmm.
0: like okay sure maybe it's unlikely for them to on their break from their armor, just like leave it all in this one spot. But maybe, maybe even, even let, like to take your example, but, but reel it back in a little bit. Maybe they're on a date, right? Mm. They, they brought some nice clothes on this date in this, in this very dangerous wilderness. I right. just, I think picnic. that there are other reasons to like, to drop the armor than being
1: dead in some horrible way. Right, right. I mean, even even to the point that like maybe it's a signal that you're leaving for another white thorn that's coming by. And it's like, hey, Jeremy, I know he's going to be coming down this path. I told him to meet me out here, but I don't want to sit on the road all day because that's kind of dangerous. So I'm just going to put my armor there. And I'm going to like hide in the trees a little ways away and when maybe I'm going to have a little nap. And when Jeremy sees the armor, he knows to knock three times and mm-hmm. I'm going to come out and we're going to go on our way. Right. Or or maybe it's
0: really hard to poop in your armor.
1: No, Luke, they definitely have a poop slot in the Whitethorn armor. It's the best armor in the land. Come on. They've got to have ways to get
0: you got to have to get hopefully. that out.
1: Or it's just all self-contained, like a spacesuit. Okay. (laughs) So, I think a fair number of mysteries that we're still going to unravel, Luke. Right. We've got some good theories, some good ideas, but we're not
0: fully there yet.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so next week, Luke. Next third. Hopefully some of these threads... We're picking at a little bit. We're going to see if the bartender's story holds up. We're going to see where the king's at. And really, I'm hoping that Glorbad figures out his shit. That's my main one, is I want Glorbad <laughs> to stop being the, such an ass to Aranok. It's really, really, it's really harshing the group vibe right now. It is. We need to build team chemistry here. We need some great team chemistry. And I think things could be thriving, thriving soon. So I'm excited to see it, Luke. And I'm excited to join you next week once again for another round of hot takes. Income nerds.